Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of arrowheadpride.com, joined once again by my esteemed deputy editor, John Dixon. John, how are you feeling now that we know that Mrs. Kelsey doesn't know what she's talking about when it comes to the NFL schedule? (laughs) Well, of course, she was quoting other people. So uh, so they didn't know either, as it turns out. So there was, there's been a lot of bad information about the NFL schedule here in the last couple of weeks. We are 24 hours out from the NFL schedule release, which is a, a major event of the offseason. It has grown and grown and grown over the years. And tomorrow, I think, John, more than ever, it's going to be the wild, wild west because we've seen baited Twitter accounts before. Now anybody could go oh, yeah. online yeah. in one second and make the exact Twitter account of at Adam Schefter or an Ian Rappaport or a Tom Pellicero. Get the blue check and fool a lot of people and half the journalists that are the non-Schefters, the non-Rappaports, and you and I, no verified check marks for us either. So there could be even reporters that are having parodies that get the blue check while the original has chosen not to pay for the blue check. So it is going to be the wild, wild west of wild, wild west tomorrow when it comes to the NFL schedule and all the leaks. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, we probably shouldn't get started talking about that. It'll just upset both of us. And, and then and then we won't talk about the Chiefs, which is what we're here to do. So right. we'll just have Good to segue. leave that alone. Yeah, that's a pro segue. It's like you've been in radio before. And we have a, a great show ahead for you. We have several news items to talk about. That's going to actually wait until segment Two, because we had news that dropped this morning. We'll comment about that. We'll have three things from Andy Reid from his rookie minicamp wrapping press conference that occurred on Monday. I had some takes to get off that I put in an article on ourheadpride.com. So we'll talk about those. That's all in segment one. I told you segment two will be the news roundup. We will end with an NFL schedule release preview. So if there was ever a time to listen to the whole podcast, it's when we're previewing the announcement of the announcement. And we'll do that at <laughs> the end of the show. First, if you like the Airhead Pride Editor Show, if you like the Airhead Pride Podcast Network, you can leave us a rating and a review. If you leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, we will read it. Uh, we This one comes from Clint Blake McKenzie, and he just keeps updating his review. But we appreciate it. If you have every time you update it, We'll read it right here, Clint. I think it might be the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network's number one fan. But here he goes. Like most Chiefs fans, I consume a ton of content about the team. Still, the editor's show is at or near the top of my list of must-listen Chiefs podcasts. Pete and John bring me all the information I need and want to know. 
and they make it fun too. I can't overemphasize the contributions of Steven Serta, producer par excellence either. Oh my. Thanks as always, guys, Clint. I need to get Clint's phone number because <laughs> anytime I might be having a bad day, maybe I'll phone him and just get just get juiced up, right, John? He's like, the Yeah, perfect, I think that's a, I think man. that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. One of these days. Or or we could just give out our phone numbers on the podcast no, and then no. he could call us. Oh no, yeah, maybe they didn't a good yeah. idea. If, yeah. If if anyone's having their podcast out phone number out there on the podcast network, it's it's Mark Gunnels because he wants to talk to you anyway. He's out there doing spaces. <laughs> you might as well phone him directly because he'll be happy to talk to you about anything regarding the, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Los Angeles Lakers. But look, we are are burying the lead here. We got breaking news as of this morning. John, me and you, we usually no, we'll pull the curtain back a little bit here. We usually start talking around 8 a.m., 8.30, 9 a.m., mm-hmm. just depending yeah. on the time of year. Today, me and you were having a conversation at 6 a.m. Never a yeah. good thing for me and you, but <laughs> it was the case because the Chiefs and the NFL decided to release the date and time for the international game, and it's not the Detroit Lions. It's not the Chicago Bears. Sorry to Tyree Kill. It's the Miami Dolphins. No game in Kansas City. They'll be playing in frankfurt germany on november 5th john your instant reaction to this explosive news that the dolphins and chiefs are playing in germany well in a way this isn't that surprising because uh you know everyone assumed that these would be nfc opponents throwaway games that the chiefs wouldn't be that worried about like the lions or the bears and of course we had a report that it was the bears But um, I think the NFL is trying to work hard to make these international games legitimate. And the easiest way to do that is to put better games in these slots. Right. And not have these games between bottom dwellers. This is going to be a good football game being played in Frankfurt. And I understand why uh, season ticket holders will be upset. They don't get to see the game in person. I, I get that. But they'll still be able to watch it on TV. And, and it's still going to be a good football game and it'll increase the NFL's brand around the world. And those are all things the NFL wants. Yeah. I, I, I think it's a, a, a nice reminder to NFL fans that they don't care about these little storylines. It's always the big picture. And really it's always the owner's desires, right? There had been some smoke that maybe it could have been the Chicago bears, but the chiefs didn't want to lose the Chicago Kansas city matchup. Uh, in Kansas City, this is, of course, going to be a, a Chiefs home game. And the Dolphins are an up-and-coming team. And I, I think you're right when it comes to the international games. It used to be like the Jaguars-Texans Open every mm-hmm. international game. Yeah. And what we're getting now, in addition to the Dolphins and the Chiefs, is Falcons-Jaguars. Again, I, I think two up-and-coming teams. The Jags made the playoffs, of course, last year. Jags uh, will play in London twice. They'll also play the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are one of the premier teams in the AFC Ravens Titans. So that becomes really interesting when it comes to Lamar Jackson being back in the mix. And then the Indianapolis Colts and new England Patriots, they will also play in Frankfurt, Germany. So you're right. When it comes to these matchups, they're just significantly better than they used to be. One of the more interesting non-Chiefs points is the fact that the Jaguars are going to London twice. There has mm-hmm. been some talk, I think, it feels like forever, where it's like, could the Jacksonville Jaguars ever go to London? I mean, I don't, I don't think it, it, it would be feasible, but 
you never know, right? And I, I think if there's ever a sign that maybe it could happen someday, it's seeing the same team be there twice. And I mean, you better believe we were just talking about the ownership. You better believe this was something that the Shad Khan family had to approve, right? Like there, there wouldn't be allowed for a team to have to travel twice unless this was something that they wanted to do. And so you see the Jags in London twice this year, John. Yeah. And aren't those games like back to back too? I, I'm, I'll have to go look and see what the, the article said, but it seemed to me that, yes. that they, that, so, so the Jaguars, that they're going to go there two weeks in a row. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which makes it easier for them. And it's kind of a way to test the theory of how they will work out having international teams, which is supposedly something the NFL wants eventually to work towards, you know, having a European division, for example, that includes a team from, from Great Britain and a team from Germany and, you know, however they would structure that. And this is a way that they can test out how well that works, that a team travels to England and plays two games there before they come home. I got to think, and I'm just really workshopping this here right here on the podcast you're welcome steve <laughs> i gotta think that if you were gonna do a london-based team you would have to do it in a capacity of four home four away four home four away and one of those stretches would have to be five depending on the year i feel like that's the only way that you could do it and man we have enough buys but i you'd almost need a an extended break in between the Jags or whatever London team. I feel like London Knights makes sense more than London Jaguars, but London whatever came <laughs> over you know, to America and then had to be jet lagged. Or or maybe they just said, well, this is going to happen four times and good luck to your bodies. This is what we're doing. And you're on that team. You sign there or whatever. Or we're drafted there. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. It seems it seems like it's in the the realm of um, an experiment. So, so mm -hmm. we shall see. Yeah. I think that the chiefs will get their bye week after what was week nine. So um, I think this, right. This is not something that that's, that's been confirmed, but usually what happens if you play that international game, they'll give you the week off the next week. So if it is a week 10 bye, and we'll talk about that more on the emergency podcast, we'll have at some point tomorrow when we get the full schedule um, week 10, seems like a pretty good buy. It's always nice when it's like very close to the middle and gives, gives the guys a, a nice break. Um, and John, as you know, this is all about us and November, mm -hmm. yeah. November, mm -hmm. November 10th happens after November 5th. And wouldn't be, wouldn't be the worst thing to have a birthday bye week as I solidify my mid thirties at the right. Absolutely. Right yes, absolutely. So that would be great. Uh, the other game, John is chiefs and Bengals. This was a highly anticipated game. A lot of people thought that this might be prime time. It won't be prime time, at least to start the chiefs and the Bengals will meet each other. 10, nine no i'm not gonna do the whole thing but it's on new year's eve right <laughs> so you'll get a chiefs Bengals matchup at 3 30 and then you will continue your new year's eve party for kansas Cityans, hopefully with the chiefs win and that'll lead you right into the new year any take on on this the time and date john well it is uh i might have said it was surprising i would have expected this game to be pretty early in the season but, you know, now that I see what they've done with it, it, it makes perhaps some more sense. Um, you know, the having a game against an opponent like the Bengals early in the season means that you're, you know, playing the whole season based on what happened in that game. Oh, if the Bengals had won that game, then they would mm -hmm. be the, the number one seed or the Chiefs, you know, that kind of thing, because that's what's happened. 
the last several years is that the Chiefs have had a loss early in the season that's hung over them the whole year. This yeah. way, they have the both teams talking about fighting for the top seed until the end of the season, and then this will be the showdown mm-hmm. uh, to determine who gets it. So I could sort of see why they would want to do it this way. Um, But on the other hand, we could end up playing the Bengals twice in the course of, you know, a month. That happened Um, in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, we've been down that road before and, um, you know, I don't know. It might not always play out favorably. (laughs) I think it's certainly interesting. And should these teams continue their trends of being the contenders in the AFC, there's a pretty good chance that this game is like a playoff game when it comes Mm -hmm. to maybe getting the buy. There's a slight risk involved because when you get to that point of the season, sometimes weird things happen with the records and who knows, maybe one of these teams is locked into their spot and they don't play everybody. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the top seed and where, you know, I'm not saying maybe, and who knows, this is possible too. Like what if the chiefs and look, I I know you hate to hear this. What if the Bengals are so dominant that they don't even need the game, right? It's so Mm -hmm. late that, you are also risking in a sense, like, will they be playing their full guys? I anticipate that it's that the AFC will have implications at that t- point, if I had to guess, but you, you are risking a little bit, a little bit, I think putting it that late as well. So we'll see how it plays out. I, I think ideally what the NFL wants is the chiefs and Bengals to be contenders again, and to have this mm-hmm. rivalry game to be a playoff game on new year's Eve. And that is what they're counting on. And, and that's why, it is that date. We will get the rest of the games at 7 p.m. Arrowhead time. We will be updating our page with rumors all day. I would say, John, what, what would you say? Like about we get about five to ten games before we even see the full schedule. That that seems like we can. Yeah, but I think that the situation with Twitter now is going to make it even harder for us to know we which will, ones they are. Yeah. We will do the triple check. No yeah, pun intended. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, pun intended, really. Uh, for to see if if we can count on the the given source as we're doing our rumors tomorrow at arrowheadpride.com. All right, enough of the schedule news. We'll find out about the other 15 games tomorrow. Let's go to Andy Reid on Monday. Full press conference, as always. Thanks to Steve, is available right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network on From the Podium. But let's highlight the main points. And we hadn't talked to Andy Reid since the Chiefs made that signing for eight-year NFL veteran left tackle Donovan Smith. Here was Andy on Donovan Smith. So he's been a left tackle at a high level. I mean, if you look at last year, he was hurt. And then um, the year before that, he was one of the top graded high, you know, left tackles uh, in the league. So, and we've had a chance to play against him a couple of times. So I, you know, I know I've seen him firsthand there. Uh, good football player. He going to be with the ones on the left side when you get started? He'll be with the left side. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Probably with the ones. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, Andy Reed commenting on Donovan Smith, why the chiefs like him. And as Andy Reed would sort of confirm in a way, I mean, he's not going to come out and be like, definitely this because he always leaves room for changes and, and whatnot. He confirms that it'll now be Jawan Taylor and, uh, Juwan Taylor on the right, and then Donovan Smith on the left. And my God, you would think that this is the <laughs> worst news that Chiefs fans have ever heard, uh, or at least some of them, the squeaky wheels on Twitter right now, because a lot of people feel like, okay, Juwan Taylor is making 
what would be called left tackle money. I don't disagree. Why is he going on the right? Uh, people are saying Donovan Smith stunk last year. You know, why is he going to be the left tackle protecting uh, Patrick Mahomes' blind side? Mitch Schwartz is upset about all the slander regarding right tackles once again, where he's going <laughs> and being active on Twitter and trying to say, okay, right tackle is just as important as left tackle, which I, I tend to believe more than the other side of it. I think you need both. My, mm-hmm. you know, I sort of side on the the part where, yes, I, I agree with you, Mitch, um, that, you know, right tackle is important, but I, I do think you need to solidify both. Um, my understanding here is that Donovan Smith has the job right now. Doesn't mean that can uh, not change, right? Like right. if you get to camp, he gets injured. Someone else slides in. Maybe they slide Taylor over. Maybe the comes in on the right. But right now, uh, the guy who's started his whole eight-year career at left tackle is playing left tackle. My understanding is the Chiefs are throwing out the 2022 season when he was dealing all year with a hyperextended elbow. He had a, a foot-leg thing late. That, that I think affected him. When you go back to the 2021 season, our good friends at Pro Football Focus have him graded 12th among tackles when it comes to pass blocking. I think the Chiefs see all these snaps for for Smith at left, all these snaps as career for Jawan Taylor at right, and they have a, adjusted accordingly. I know that Taylor has willingness to play left. I think he's a pretty good backup left if Smith were to get injured or something. And then you have some options at right tackle beyond Taylor if if um, he does have to move over. But John, uh, for the, the fans that are up in arms about the money that they're not spending <laughs> on Donovan Smith, uh, you had some good news about the contract that you, you dug into this morning. Yeah, when he was signed, uh, the announcement was that he'd signed a deal that was worth up to $9 million. And of course, we didn't know how much of that was going to count against the cap this year. Um, my original estimate was uh, between one and four million dollars for a cap hit this year, and I thought that it was probably going to be right at three million dollars. Turns out it's going to be a little bit less than that, um, just at two point seven million dollars uh, this season. So that means the Chiefs have, um, let's see, it's two point eight million dollars. I'm have now doing all this from memory now. I believe the Chiefs now have $2.7 million in cap space, something like that. And uh, that's enough to sign the rookies. When the rookies yeah. finally get their contract signed, it's only going to take about a million and a half dollars of cap space to get the rookies all signed to their deals here in the next month or so. So they're, the Chiefs are actually in pretty good shape here. Um, I, I get why people think that uh, this money isn't the money that you would pay a starter. It isn't the money you would pay a left tackle starter. But that's what Donovan Smith is. And mm-hmm. he did it for a team that won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, that's a significant thing. And um, I think it's just the Chiefs taking advantage of the circumstances that he had a down season last year, which reduced his market value. Yeah. And I, I think maybe they talked to him before the draft and he wanted more money than they wanted to pay. And they said, yeah, well, we'll come back to you. Well, then when the draft's over, nobody's offered him more money. So what's he going to do if he wants to play? That's sign a contract with the chiefs. And that's what's happened. Yeah. I know there are different positions, but I, I think my hang up here and my annoyance with the squeaky wheels of, of chiefs kingdom in our comments and on Twitter and, and whatnot, is that like, this is the same type of thing that happened with Juju last year. And I just felt like, well, it's a wide mm-hmm. receiver. 
yeah, he was playing a pretty big role at wide receiver. And but why? Because he has the name and it was a wide receiver that had success in previous years, dealt with an injury, kind of stunk the previous year in, in a way and came in and had this pedigree still in his 20s and was able to fill that role for a year and moved on. Now it's the left tackle really signing a similar incentive based contract to play a pretty important position has had previous success before last year. And now it's like, what are we doing? What are the are there and play Lucas Niang, who really has not been able to stay on the field, or you know what? We should play Wanye Morris, who very clearly in the third round is a developmental pro- prospect. No, the Chiefs are looking to say, ideally, look, Donovan Smith is healthy this year, and if he's healthy, he's going to be a fine left tackle. Once mm-hmm. again, an 18th year in a row, I think the Chiefs are going to have solid tackles. Now, maybe at right tackle with Juwan Taylor, I think you're getting into the realm of above average. But I think you look at Donovan Smith is is you don't think that he can reach the level that Orlando Brown Jr. did the last year. Like I, I think he can. And so I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of all the chatter. I do think it would be nice at some point for the chiefs to find like a long-term solution at left tackle, which is pretty good patchwork. You know, I also think it plays back into the NFL draft where I think if the Jaguars and we got a little bit of like personnel staff rivalry going on here because the Chiefs signed Taylor and then the Jags. <laughs> right. Like, right. I think if the Jaguars don't take Anton Harrison, maybe he's the left tackle. They don't right. make this move and then everyone's chill. So I don't yeah. know. I think it's, it's one year of, of this. Go ahead, John. And that goes back to what I was saying before they talked to Smith before the draft and he wants a lot of money. They don't want to pay that much money or at least guarantee him that much money this year. And they think, okay, well, we'll talk to him after the draft if we need to. Right. And if they had managed to get their claws into Anton Harrison, which I think they wanted to do, would have Mm -hmm. done if they'd had the opportunity, then maybe Donovan Smith isn't playing for the Chiefs right now. Right. Yeah. I think we're in in agreement there. I I burnt the flashpole, John, on this question here. And even despite Elon, we were able to get a thousand votes today. Who do you... (laughs) Who do you think will be the Chiefs week one starting left tackle? I put Niang, Smith, Taylor, or somebody else. Where do you think this landed? Um I, I think I think Smith. I think Smith. That's right. 72.7%. Yeah. I think Smith, 22.6% are holding on hope. To Jawan Taylor, and then you have 3.5% Lucas Niangs. There are some fans out there that really are going with the underdog there, and only 1.2% on everybody else. So if you're you're wrapping up the poll really quick, it's it's 72%, about three-fourths of Chiefs fans do think mm-hmm. Smith, and then about one in every four Chiefs fans think by the time that week one rolls along along, it'll be Taylor. That that seems about right for what I would I would guess it would be. No real surprises there to me. All right, let's continue with Andy Reid, and this came up, John. Isaiah Pacheco, as it turns out, not only had a broken hand during the Super Bowl, he had a torn labrum. He has had multiple surgeries reportedly from Rutgers Wire. That's his college. Um, This past offseason, he was seen in an NFL ad thing with a a cast. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid asked about Pacheco's status moving forward into OTAs. Here's Coach Reid. Again, he's making progress. He. Yeah, um, you know, we'll just see see how he does with it. But um, I can't even give you a timeline on it. But he he's he is doing well. He goes through all the steps out there with phase two and 
than that. So, you know, just you can't get hit on that thing. No timeline is not good uh, for Isaiah Pacheco. I don't anticipate that you see him during OTAs and why, if there's any, I always say this, if there's any question during OTAs, you know, there's no reason to play these guys. I hope for training camp, I think we'll get a further update. And the, the date to watch for this is, I believe it's June 15th, the last day of OTAs, because that's when we'll get an update, I think, on where Pacheco is, uh, if he is um, going to to be available for training camp. But it, it seems like, uh, it you know, when we were watching him last year, John, it looked like he was getting beat up every game, uh, <laughs> but still popping right back up to his credit and just, hey, I'm whatever, give me the ball again, whatever, who cares? Um, but the, it took a toll, and he had to have this offseason surgery, so now it'll be – Clyde and Jarek and Daenerys Prince um, and LaMichael Pirine actually in, in camp that'll be taking the reps. Yeah. And I think uh, it's interesting knowing this now, the chief's um, reluctance to do anything with Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, in the off season, for example, release him or trade him, which many fans thought was going to happen this off season. Now what they have done to just keep him where he is makes perfect sense because they knew yeah that Pacheco had had this problem, might not be available for a period of time, might take a little while to get going during the season, so his backup is going to matter. And, okay, so maybe Clyde Edwards-Alaire hasn't been what we would expect a number one uh, first-round draft pick to be, but he's been a solid player, and he's going to be a good backup for Pacheco. Yeah, the thing that's interesting, and I got to watch him a little bit this past weekend at rookie minicamp, is this Daneric Prince kind of profiles a little bit more like a Pacheco than a, um, a Clyde, you know, he's six feet, six feet, two sixteen. Mm-hmm. feels like could really be like this North and South runner. And I think it will be interesting to watch how this group functions um, throughout OTAs and, and training camp and to Clyde's credit, Brett Veach. And I mean, what else is he going to say? So you could say that, but he, he said that Clyde showed up in tremendous shape was the first person he saw in the building. So Clyde uh, continues to do the right things. I, I think behind the scenes, he's just become, I think he, I think he's gotten the reaction among fans because he's was taken in the first round. I, I just mm-hmm. think the whole story would be different with them. And, and maybe I people agree. would be a little bit um, like looser with some of the commentary. If, uh, if they, if, if he had been taken in the second or the third or something like that. And I think he's a lot of it has been the product of injuries. It's been disappointing because he was a first rounder and, and he gets, he gets what he gets. But I, I think there's a, a reason that the chiefs went and signed uh, the Eric Prince. I, I think he probably profiles closer to Pacheco than a Clyde does. And, and, you know, this is what the chiefs do in the off season. They figure out the rotation. So, Something to watch as we enter OTAs and training camp. Uh, the Chiefs took a wide receiver in the second round. His name's Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice was on the field for the first time during rookie minicamp this past weekend. Here was Andy Reid on the performance of Rasheed Rice. Yeah, um, strong. Kind of things we saw on tape. He, he's got to make sure he gets his running in. You know, this is a uh, that that position <laughs> we run like crazy. So he's got to get that part of him taken care of. But uh, you can see, you can see the strength and and his route running, his ability to work in space. Um, he's got good hands. Yeah, I got to watch all three days of of rookie minicamp, and I think 
Rice had some impressive moments. I think this might be the piece that Patrick Mahomes has been missing for a bit. Um, certainly missing now without Juju Smith-Schuster. It's going to be this big target possession type of guy can go up and make these contested catches. There was also some moments during rookie minicamp. I remember early on, um, you know, as he was getting into the the workout where coaching staff was like, okay, you know, we're, we run back to the line, like that type of thing. And it was hot, you know, to, to, to the point of, of rice, maybe being a little bit winded. It was, the, it had to be the hottest weekend of the year. I mm-hmm. was standing there, John, and I was doing nothing. I mean, I was writing notes and I'm, <laughs> this is probably too graphic for the podcast, but I was pouring sweat. I mean, I was, I was saturated. So <laughs> I can only imagine how, um, how tired some of these guys were, but, you could tell that rice was gassed from all the running, you know, at, at points. Mm-hmm. And you heard Andy right there. He's got to get used to the running. I think this is part of the reason that they do rookie mini camp, John, right? They want to establish like, okay, this is the kind of shape that we expect you in. Now you have two or three weeks to get in that shape before we put you on the field with sky Moore and Kadarius, Tony, uh, who to me could run, <laughs> run around the podcast or the, run around the podcast, run around the arrowhead facility, like 10 times without getting winded. So uh, I think, the message is there, but some good signs from Rice and something mm-hmm. that could e- easily be corrected with, I think, a little bit more conditioning. Yeah, I, and I and I agree. I think this is the whole point of this rookie mini camp, and they all talk about it every time. Is uh, every they, they all talk about it after they speak to the media uh, and when it's over, is getting accustomed to the way things are done in the NFL. It's such a transition from college, right. um, and 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 it's kind of a shock, I think, to a lot of them. Uh, but they need to get that get that yep. message handed to them right away. Yep, and we will see how he adjusts as we move into OTAs. And here's a bonus part from Andy Reid, asked by Arrowhead Pride and KSHB 41's Aaron Ladd about the New Heights podcast. This is what Andy Reid had to say. Uh, I'll let you guys tell me. <laughs> uh, that's not my my shtick, as you say. <laughs> Andy Reid appearing on Travis and Jason Kelsey's New Heights podcast. A lot of people think that this is the most anticipated episode of the podcast. Our Rocky Magana wrote it up for the site. Anything stand out for you, John, of of so far from what you've seen from Rocky of the New Heights podcast with Reid? Um, you know, it's, it's so funny. He's he is he is genuinely a funny person, you know, mm-hmm. and hear him talk. Uh, about things and tell stories about what happened to him when he was younger and, you know, talking about be uh, taking gymna- gymnastics classes, <laughs> when it, which is hard to imagine, you know, read on the parallel bars or the, the, the or the horse or whatever, you know, I just, I, I just can't even imagine that, but you know, he was once a young man, just like I was, and I was in a completely different shape then than he was too, I'm sure. So, um, it's fun, but it's fun to hear him talk about things like that. And and I, I think it's going to be I haven't listened to it yet, but it's going to be a fun one, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's an eye opener for fans to really understand just how fun Andy Reid is to be around. I think in press conferences, we probably get funny Andy Reid about 10 to 15 percent of the time, whereas from what you hear, unless it's like hardcore grinding at practice, I mean, he's probably pretty amusing like 80 percent of the time in the building where it's you know (laughs) so you finally get a little bit of a glimpse in that you you sometimes hear that humor when he does the national uh interviews with like a an old friend of his like uh steve mariucci or mariucci yeah right when he goes on with uh collinsworth or not collinsworth um the herd cow herd and 
Peter King is another Peter one that he that he opens up to. Yeah. He opens up and gives them good stuff, and he gives us every day, guys. Oh, get out! You know, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. He's known these guys for a long time, but cool to see him doing things um, for the players, and and you could tell that he really cares for the players. Uh, I don't think it's Andy's Andy Reid's favorite um, to do a State Farm commercial. Um, not that he probably wasn't com- com- you know compensated handsomely. But he doesn't need it. He doesn't need that money, right? He gets paid players right. from the Chiefs, and so he does that for Patrick Mahomes, and then he goes on to New Heights with with Travis and Jason, two players that he was uh, able to draft. Uh, talk about, as you mentioned, potentially being a gymnast in a, in a previous life or a future life <laughs> and playing in the Super Bowl or, you know, very cool, very cool, I think, moment. And, at, you know, I think that's something that you should check out as well after you listen to this podcast. Uh, go listen to Andy Reid on New Heights. I have other notes from rookie minicamp. I told you guys that I was uh, out there this week. I I said that I think the Chiefs will sign a couple tryout players. They did not sign the tryout players that I like so far. We'll see if some of them make their way back at some point uh, to Kansas City. Uh, we talked about Rasheed Rice already. This was another thing that I I started to think after Chiefs rookie minicamp. It, it's Felix and Aduke Uzama, and I. And not to say that I don't think he's going to develop into a solid contributor for the Chiefs, but so much is being made right now of the fact that he has been a Chiefs fan his whole life. He's from the area, and it's it's amazing, right? He told the story over the weekend about how he tried to high-five Damian Williams. Just think about someone who's on the Kansas City Chiefs at the Super Bowl parade for 2019, and he's trying to high-five Damian Williams like, he is one of the Kansas City Chiefs fans through and through. The picture popped up of him at Arrowhead as a little kid, and now yeah. <laughs> he's doing the same pose as a, a player, and it's awesome. And you get to rookie minicamp, and look, it, it is what it is, but he broke his thumb, broke his hand in the last play of the Sugar Bowl, reportedly. That's from the Chiefs podcast network, and he wasn't able to get on the field. And look, I'm not losing sleep over that, but it's just it's a reminder that, like, he needs to produce if this story is right. Be, I mean, mm-hmm. this could be one of the greatest stories in Kansas City Chiefs history. It really could yeah. be if he mm-hmm. develop, but he has to develop into a player. And it, it's not something I would have thought of if he just, you know, was out on the field getting early reps. But you know, it, you get there's quicksand in the NFL. Um, you know, I, I just think we, we need to see him. And I, I think he needs to be that first rounder. Like we were just talking about Clyde. Clyde's whole story changed because he has not really been what would be living up to a first round contributor and he's evidence of look, if, if you're the last pick of the draft, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're still a first rounder. And so I just think it's an important part of his story. Not only the fact that he grew up a cheese fan and how cool it is that he was taken in the first round in Kansas city, but he's got to be that guy when the, the week one happens and, and we'll see how he develops here in OTAs and training camp. Well, you know, um, Price wrote a story about this on Arrowhead uh, Pride that was published this morning where he was taught. He actually went back and looked at what we can typically expect from first round picks. Um, Typically, the figure is maybe five, six sacks, which is exactly what George Karloftis got last year. Now, whether or not people will be happy with that from Felix in the coming season is another question. But uh, but that's about what we can really reasonably expect in terms of production from this guy, unless he turns out to be a huge star, which is also possible as well. But we got to see that. You're exactly right. This this is going to mean nothing if he doesn't produce on the field. 
the third rounder, Wanye Morris, was mixing and matching at the, the tackle positions. We had Shamari Connor, and he was working mostly at safety. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be training in that safety room, and, and the Chiefs are going to see what they can have uh, when he develops. But I think he profiles probably as a four-team, uh, four-phase special teamer, which is going to be important to him, lasting, I think, on that, that 53-man roster. We're so used to these day three picks just making the team we forget that it's not just a given and some of these guys are going to have to end up uh, playing special teams. Um, and I, I really was impressed already by Nick Jones and the chiefs put this video out of him picking a ball off um, one handed and just showing the athleticism. Now uh, their seventh round cornerback to watch in Kansas city. And it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. I, I I've said it before. I think he's going to be in a battle at the back end of that room with Nazi Johnson for, you know, that fifth or sixth cornerback and we'll see which direction the chiefs go in, but he's certainly motivated. Um, I really liked what I heard from him at the podium and, and we'll see how he develops as well out of the seventh round. Yeah. Well, you certainly can't say that the chiefs haven't had good luck uh, at picking cornerbacks in the draft. So uh, you, you gotta, you gotta go with what, with their gut on this deal. And, um, but so far he's looked good. I agree. Yeah. And then the other two points that I, I covered were and, and there's stuff we already talked about, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to be overly cautious with Isaiah Pacheco. You heard Andy Reid say no timeline. You said he can't get hit on that thing. You know, I wonder how long it takes. I think that's something to monitor as we get into the offseason. And I, I reiterated in this piece after we had that press conference and we heard from Andy Reid that I, I do believe Donovan Smith has that left tackle job. And this is something. I may not like it, but I think it's something to accept because I think he's going to be the guy until proven otherwise. You can check out that piece. It's called Five Things I Think Following Chiefs Rookie Minicamp. That's available for you right now at arrowheadpride.com. All right, we got through Andy Reid and the breaking news. We have our news roundup from the week that was. It's coming up right here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. John, we have Chris Jones using Twitter again. <laughs> he goes in and out of using Twitter. And recently, what he has been on is this idea of getting Chris, or getting, I should say, getting Frank Clark back on the Chiefs. Remember, the, the Chiefs opted to move on um, from Frank Clark, contract stuff. The cap number was never going to work in Kansas City. He started, it looked like a few days ago, uh, tagging Frank Clark, and he said, let's finish it. That was on May 8th, continued on May 9th. 
He said, bring the shark back, dot, 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 and then tags the Chiefs. And then three hours ago, recording about 12.20 on Wednesday, he goes, bring the shark back, dot, dot, dot. He'll post it every day until it's done. So Chris Jones, a public <laughs> campaign to, be, to bring Frank Clark back. John, what do you make of it? Well, uh, I mean, it's obvious what he wants, and I can't say it's a bad thing. Uh, you know, it would have to be a very cheap contract, but we're at a point now that Frank Clark could take a very cheap contract. But even for a very cheap deal, the Chiefs don't really have the space for it at this point. It's going to have to be after they do something else to create cap space. What that is, I couldn't tell you. Although one of the things could be an extension to Chris Jones. So if he really wants uh, Frank Clark back, he probably needs to sit down with Brett Beach and figure that out. <laughs> you know what he needs to do? He needs to get on the phone with Aaron Rodgers and say, how did you get the Jets to accept that list thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> the, how, 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 do you, how did you let that happen? Did your agents do it? Did you just submit it? And in the contract talks, he could say, well, I'll, I'll take this cut, but X of it has to go to our, my, my good pal, Frank Clark. I put this up in our website, and we got nearly 4,000 votes on it. Do you want to see Frank Clark back to the Chiefs? 76% of fans said yes, and 24% said no. Um, I would have thought it would have been closer to 50-50, but I, I think for the right price, uh, Frank Clark has worked himself back into the general good graces of Chiefs fans and has to do with his playoff performances, I would, I would think. Right, John? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, fans will give you a lot of credit for what you do in the postseason. Look at uh, Damian Williams, who was not really a head turner most of the time during the regular season, but he had that amazing play in Super Bowl 54, and people look back on him now as this great player for the Chiefs. And I'm not trying to run him down by any means, but he was not a guy who really turned heads in the regular season, but in the playoffs, uh, he showed us some things and that's, that's fine. Yeah. And I feel the same way about the career of Sammy Watkins. I think sure. that like, yeah, it was, it was disappointing how often he would get injured, but that first Super Bowl maybe doesn't happen without Watkins and yep. you know what he was able to do with the, the AFC title game. And then the catch over, over, Loudmouth Sherm and uh, the Chiefs <laughs> end up going and, and getting that first title and and really, I think, setting a, a standard of like, we can accomplish this. And, yeah. You know, got back and we're able to win it again four years later. So uh, another player that comes to mind that really performed well in the playoffs. And I think that made his Chiefs career. Uh, in our arrow headlines, Juju Smith-Schuster disclosed why he left Kansas City. and was very simple, uh, John. Um, he just said Bill Belichick. He, he, he had to play with Bill Belichick. Man, you, you just go up there and say you you wanted some some cash. I mean, you <laughs> like Bill. I don't. I'm not discounting Bill Belichick, but like Bill Belichick and Andy Reid are interchangeable. And if you're an offensive player, like aren't you preferring Andy Reid over Bill Belichick? Same thing if you're a defensive player, right? Like if it, if the reason is coach, you're choosing the Patriots because of Bill Belichick. If the reason is coach, and if you're an offensive player, you should be choosing the Chiefs because of. Andy Reid, in my opinion, I don't think there's a better place to go if you want, unless you want to go to the new school of like McVeigh or Shanahan. All right, maybe I can start yeah. to buy that, but like mostly it's going to be Andy Reid. So I, I think I, I, we put it up on Airhead Pride. Some folks were upset about the headline. I don't care. Um, I think the, I think the big thing here is that Juju was playing to the his new fans in New England, and I, and I think um, 
no. trying to say, you know, the the pedigree of Belichick led me to New England, but I, I tend to think that that had nothing to do with it. Well, I I tend to agree. I think it's mostly about the money, but I would say that uh, Smith Schuster is going to be at the point where he'll be able to say that he played for Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, and not a lot of people can say that. So that's uh, there is that to what he had to say about it. Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator now in New England, and so you know from from someone in Kansas City covering the Chiefs. Good luck with uh, Bob. I feel like. <laughs> You will need it. The Chiefs single game tickets go on sale on Friday, John. So we get the schedule Thursday night. Single game tickets um, go on sale Friday. That's just a notice. We, we put it up on our site. We have more information at ourheadpride.com. But if you see a game that you like and you, you'd have to be there, Friday is the day to do it. And it's probably smart um, to pick a game and try to get the face value early, I would guess. Right. So if, you, if you're really looking yeah. to, you're not a season ticket holder and you're really looking to go to a game. Friday is the day, and John, it's time. I mean, it, this is the enemy of the state. Mike Florio <laughs> has suggested a new contract for Patrick Mahomes is imminent. This has Kansas Cityans up in arms. They always, I think, find ways to get mad at Mike Florio. I remember, didn't he have something else a couple of years back with around the Super Bowl where he just was like, look, here's the deal. You have to... Yeah injure Patrick Mahomes and this really I think like fired people up and look I completely understand that um, but now he has been demanding that the Chiefs pay Patrick Mahomes in the realm of what a Jalen Hurts got the Chiefs have been asked this a, a few times uh, in press conferences surrounding the NFL draft what are you going to do with Mahomes they've kind of nudged the idea that um, what they're going to do is wait for Justin Herbert and, and Joe Burrow and then to have some conversations. Then uh, Mike Florio saying, no, no, the sooner, the better you guys get this thing done. It is a crime that Patrick Mahomes is, is underpaid. I think that Mahomes and his people probably see the contracts that are getting dealt out. They see that Mahomes is probably going to be the ninth player when it comes to average per year value. And I'm sure there's some nudging and some conversations and some very, amiable uh, talks between two sides that have been in lockstep since draft night. And before that, in you know, in the draft process, and maybe they end up getting another team friendly deal done. John, you think that maybe Patrick Holmes doesn't want this stupid new contract. What do you make of this? Well, I think if, I think that Patrick Mahomes has proven over and over again, that he's not like anybody else who's ever been a quarterback in the NFL not only in the way he plays and the way he acts around his teammates, but also in the way that his contract was structured. He agreed to a, a, a deal that was unlike any contract any NFL player had ever signed before or since, for that matter. To my knowledge, nobody has, has signed a contract like his since then. And um, so I think it's a mistake to assume that he's going to behave like any other quarterback would in terms of how he earns money compared to other quarterbacks. I think it's entirely possible that Patrick Mahomes doesn't care that he's uh, going to be ranked ninth in average per year. Average per year is just a is just a number that people think up so they can discuss contracts without under, fully understanding the cap implications of a contract. It doesn't really reflect any kind of reality except for that. The reality is, 
that Patrick Mahomes has been guaranteed more money than any other quarterback who's playing the game right now. And that's the biggest fact to him, or I think it could be the biggest fact to him. So, yes, at some point they're going to renegotiate this contract, but Florio's contention that it's going to happen before the season begins, I think is just crazy. I could be wrong. Right. You know, but but I I just think, yeah. I think the line that he used was talking with people who understand the dynamics of the situation. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of folks thought that the restructure, let's see here, the restructure would happen, when's the big cap hit? Ahead of 2027. Um, Right. I, Mm -hmm. I think what is changing people's opinions now is that these contracts, it seems like they've happened a lot faster. They're ballooning a lot faster and, and where Mahomes is, is his average is going to be less than, than others. I don't know how this is going to go. I think the proper argument for maybe not restructuring is like, not that Mahomes wouldn't want it because I, I know Mahomes is the, he's the darling, right? Like, but he can demand more money if he wants. And how many times in your life can you do that? I think the proper argument might be like, well, you should see how much he makes from endorsements and he does everything right. If you're arguing to me, okay, maybe he's just going to keep his contract. I think it would be, well, he makes so much money in endorsements that he, he, he knows the endorsements may go away if the team suffers and they're not as successful. And like that to me would make more sense than like, no, Patrick Mahomes right. is a good guy. He doesn't want more money. Like, what? <laughs> what are we talking about here? You could be a good guy and get your worth, right? Like, so I don't know. I think that's where I land on it. I think, it, of course, the truth is somewhere in between. I just, and I tweeted this out this morning, and John, we were talking on Slack, and I, I was saying that I felt like I was in the twilight zone when it came to this. <laughs> and I'll read you the tweet. It was a, it was a, it was a tweet I thought about it, and I was like, should I? Rock the rock, rock the boat a little bit, but I, whatever. I went with it. I said, Patrick Mahomes maybe does want the, a restructured contract, which I'd imagine would be a similar team-friendly deal handled quietly and amicably. And an eight-year starting left tackle is probably going to be the starting left tackle. But these are the two hottest takes that you could possibly <laughs> have right now. It makes no sense to me, but this is where we are. And and I guess when you're in mid-May in the middle of the NFL offseason, you're eager for football. You got to talk about something. So I think some of that is, is driving this as well. If I'm predicting it, and I think this is where we disagree, John, um, peacefully, right? That I think yeah, yeah. I think Burrow and Herbert will get done, and I think they make an adjustment to Mahomes. I think the deal is just uh, similar. I think they, and it's team-friendly, the guarantee mechanisms and all that remain. Maybe they add on years because Mahomes has said he wants to play to his mid-40s. God bless him. Um, and it, and it is what it is. They adjust it and they'll adjust it again when this happens again. You tend to think he'll ride it, and uh, and maybe the the restructure won't come till that balloon of the cap in twenty twenty seven. Yeah, that could be. I mean, I I'm I'm not making any claim that I'm absolutely certain I'm right about this, but I, I think there's also a position in between our two extreme positions here. And Steve and I were talking about this before you came into the studio today for the for the podcast, and Steve was pointing out that they might want to do this just as a means to open up cap space to do other things. Yeah. Now that's an entirely different argument yeah. that the chiefs are doing it in order to uh, clean things up in the present situation. And they certainly could open up some cap space by making adjustments to Mahomes' contract at this point. Now that I think 
is an argument you can get behind pretty easily. Well, well, an argument that both of us could get behind pretty easily you without going up, to these extreme positions. Yeah, you could open up cap space by d- doing Jones and Mahomes. Sure. In, in yeah. a way. And I don't know. I think the Chiefs like some money to play with middle of the year, too. They've always been a, a group especially this new regime that really likes to be flexible. And, and you know, if a player becomes available, they, they go and take a stab at it. I do think that this team is missing a veteran pass rusher again. Like who's going to be this year's Melvin Ingram or Carlos Dunlap or Frank Clark, you know, is it one of those names that comes back to Kansas city or is it somebody else, you know, at this stage, we'd have to really look at, at who's out there. I think you, I think you need another veteran pass rusher. And if you're going to do that, John, you need more moolah to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we'll see what the chiefs do when it comes to adjusting the cap. All right. That's it for the news roundup. We're going to get into segment three, which is a schedule preview. Stay with us right here on the Arrowhead pride editor show back here on the Arrowhead pride editor show, Pete Sweeney, John Dixon. We are uh, 24 hours or so away from the NFL schedule melee, and we will be getting rumors and rounding them up at arrowheadpride.com starting in the morning tomorrow, trying to fill out that schedule until we get the official release at 7 o'clock. Talked with our, our, our good pal, the Arrowhead Pride podcast producer, Steve Serta. We will be doing some podcast content tomorrow surrounding the schedule release, trying to predict what the record will be of 2023. Probably be really wrong about certain games. Maybe we'll be right about <laughs> a few of them, Jen. We already know two of the 17. We talked about that in segment one. The Chiefs will go overseas for their week nine game. They'll play the Miami Dolphins. If you don't make the way to Germany and have two of those big old pints in your hands as you watch the Chiefs, you'll be getting up at 8.30 a.m. here to watch the game, which will be a nice, I think, little start to your Sunday as the Chiefs play Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins. And then week 17 will be the AFC title game rematch, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, and that will start your New Year's Eve. So already some things to look forward to. Get the rest of the games tomorrow. Uh, There are some new rules, John, and I'm going to read them here and and let you react to them. But the NFL will have a Black Friday game for the first time ever. That was announced this morning. That is Jets Mm -hmm. and Dolphins. Uh, So the Chiefs are Black Friday free. Um, Games don't necessarily belong to networks anymore. All games are free agents and Teams can be on Thursday night football twice. And this is an interesting one. Um, and uh, and kudos to some of those fan bases who are itching for a primetime game, but not every team is guaranteed a primetime spot anymore. So you may see some of the same teams even more. I mean, I know that's been a complaint before when every team got a primetime game. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine it's going to yeah. be a worse complaint now. Yeah, I expect so. Uh, Cause the ultimate result of that is that that, well, I, I don't know. It, it it depends on how it plays out. You know, one of the things that could happen with the schedule is the Chiefs could have two Thursday games in a row yeah. to begin the season. Um, and um, so, you know, we'll see how people react to that. Yeah, I I think the network thing is interesting. I, I think what the, the league has done is tried to make this whole thing more flexible. We've talked about the flexing Thursday night football and Monday night football and flexing all these primetime games. The Chiefs are allowed five primetime games, but they can be given up to seven before the end of the year based upon the flexing. I don't think this is too bold of a prediction. I think when we arrive at the thing tomorrow, um, the Chiefs will have five primetime games. Uh, It just seems to make too much sense considering they're the Super Bowl champions and you got Patrick Mahomes, which is the biggest ratings draw 
in football, according to all the numbers uh, and whatnot. And then we'll just see if they get flexed uh, in or out. Remember last year, who, who, who could have predicted that Mahomes Wilson, I'm talking before the year started, would get flexed mm-hmm. out. <laughs> How bad do you have to be to be flexed out with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. The Broncos were able to accomplish that. I, I think the Chiefs get five primetime games. Do you agree, John, in the pre-scheduling? Please? Oh, yeah. I think they'll I think they'll get the the maximum allotment prior to um, you know, the the two extra ones that they can be flexed into over the course of the season. The thing I'm going to be interested in watching this year is going to be very similar to the Russell Wilson situation. And that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, with the Jets, because that's a situation that could turn the Jets into a contender mm-hmm. or it could be a situation where the Jets uh, founder and, you know, it's it could end up being much like the situation with the Broncos. So. Right. Do the Chiefs play the Jets in prime time early in the season and it stays there? Or is it a late season game where they play the Jets and it ends up being flexed out? I mean, you know, there's it could end up being a very similar situation uh, in New York because I wouldn't be I couldn't begin to predict uh, the effect that Aaron Rodgers will have on that team and, and the and, and how he will play when he's with the Jets compared to the Packers. Yeah, I. I'm going to, I have two very different opinions on this. Like in this individual situation, I think Aaron Rodgers makes the jets a much scarier team because their defense was Mm -hmm. there and they did add Mm -hmm. weapons and they have the running back coming off the injury, Brees Hall, who I like. And I, now, now that being said, whereas like, I personally believe in this situation, the jets will, will be morphed into contenders that every time we're talking about, Oh, that team is a super bowl team. Now that they've made this move in May, man, it never happens. <laughs> it never, it never yeah. translates. So yeah. it makes me feel dumb when I, when I'm buying into the mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers jets. Now let's get to the opening night game. We can rule out John. We can rule out the Bengals and the dolphins. Um, Cause we know when, when those games are going to be played. So banner night, Kansas city, September 7th, we have the three division teams, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, Bills, Bears, Lions, or the Eagles in a Super Bowl rematch. Who gets the opening night nod? Call your shot. Yeah, they they don't often do a Super Bowl rematch, but, and you know, I just can't bring myself to think they'll do it again. I think they'll hold that game until later in the year. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Jets, frankly, that they they go for that. No, no, uh, the Jets well, are the Jets are away. The Jets are away. Okay, sorry. These are the choices. I was Broncos, yeah. Chargers, Raiders. Okay, Bills, sorry. Bills, Bears, Lions, Eagles. Okay, in that case, I would go with the Bills. I think, I think mm-hmm. that the league would see that as a as a hot enough matchup to put uh, early in the season, one that's not so hot that they'll be sorry they they. Uh, didn't save it till later. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think. So. <sighs> Shoot, I don't think it's the Eagles. I I think because I I think you can run that game anytime during the year. Like, okay, here's what the opening night is going to draw fans across the league anyway. Sure, yeah. Chiefs Eagles is a matchup that'll draw fans across the league no matter when you put it. Right, right, like right. so. I don't think you're they're going to burn it on opening night. Uh, Donna Kelsey seems to think week two for Chiefs and Eagles. I think you came up with something interesting, John. 
I think the idea, okay, the Chiefs open on a Thursday. They play the next Thursday. What if it's Chiefs Eagles next Thursday night? That would be that. That would be that could be interesting. Yeah, and and there'd uh, been some talk about that. You know, if the Chiefs play the Eagles in Week Two on Sunday, that uh, Matt Derrick brought this up on Twitter that the Beyonce presence. concert is the next day. Right. So the Chiefs are not playing at Arrowhead on in, on Sunday of Week Two. If they play at home, it's going to have to be on Thursday night. Now, of course, they could play on the road in week two right. and avoid the problem altogether. But mm -hmm. if they if they play at home in week two, it's going to have to be that Thursday night game because they won't be able to turn the stadium around quickly enough for Beyonce. All, uh, all hell, Queen Beyonce, of course. Um, all right. I think... Oh, God. All right. I'm going to make my pick here. I think it. I think it's going to be a division game. And I think it will be. I think it'll be the Chargers. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to call my shot and say Chiefs Chargers to open the year. Herbert Mahomes. I wanted to pick the Bears. I hope I don't regret it because I'm, I am on record now, but I I'm going to go with the Chargers. We'll see. They they Amazon loved Herbert Mahomes last year. I think sometimes, you know, these 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 execs do a lot of this group thinking and i think the nfl goes with herbert mahomes but i you can hear the regret in my voice i think i'm gonna be wrong all right well <laughs> we will find out tomorrow again <laughs> keep it locked in at arrowhead pride we'll be relaying the reliable rumors as the schedule comes out all day tomorrow and then at night we will have um we will have the schedule release reaction and an emergency podcast when it comes to these things steve uh, if you're with me let's let's come back on here for a second we have the return coming up of um what will be um coast to coast right steve we're, we're in the thick of, of our returning shows um what's happening right now on the airhead pride podcast network yeah, so we will go live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter tonight mm -hmm. with Mark and Aaron for Chiefs Coast to Coast. It's their first episode back since the season yes. ended, so guys are juiced. Um, and then that will be available in podcast for you, for you tomorrow morning. Then we'll do a live stream uh, on schedule release night tomorrow. Yeah. That'll be available for you Friday. And then we just kind of have this rotating cast of shows next week. We'll have out of structure. We'll return on Monday editors, of course, on Wednesday and then show on BK on Friday following week. Great British chief show chiefs coast to coast. And it'll just kind of rotate like that throughout the entire summer. So there we go. Every other week you will get your usual shows. And then John, I hate to say it before you know it, it's going to be that regular schedule. We're going to be in August and we will be doing the training <laughs> camp thing. And, and we will be in, in, title defense run it back mode once again but uh great time with you guys today thank you to steve thank you to john if you love the airhead pride podcast network i encourage you leave a rating and a review we will read it right here on the show clint get, get your friends to write us what, what are we doing you, you've written like four times let's get your friends to, to write us uh if you want to remember the 2022 season the dynasty begins is available uh everywhere i think it's caught i know i've seen it in costco you can get it on my twitter twitter.com there's a link once again appreciate you guys joining us it's scheduled release day coming up tomorrow so keep it locked in right here we appreciate you listening thank you for listening to the arrowhead pride editors show Thank you.